Are you looking to buy or sell real estate? You've got questions. We've got answers. Welcome to the show. It's going to be great. Featuring Matt and Jen from Home Team for You. And now, without further ado, it's Matt and Jen. Hey. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. We are excited about our show today. We have uh, an inspector who we will introduce Home in inspector. just a second. Yeah, just a second. Uh, in studio, we have Katie Hines, one of our team members. You want to let people know what's going on? Yeah. So this is um, probably the only Friday afternoon in a long time that I'm not doing like, I don't know, eight showings and writing offers that aren't getting accepted. So... <laughs> Just kidding, guys. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So glad to be here today, guys. All right. Sounds good. And today our special guest is uh, Mark Schrader with Capital City Home Inspections. Mark, how are you doing today? Great. Great. Good to see you guys, too. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Where are you from? Favorite animals? Spirit animal? (laughs) Well, I am am, uh, a northern boy. I grew up in Montana and... uh, about 15 years ago, after migrating to uh, Nebraska and Washington, I landed in uh, Madison here. So, been here since 2005 and uh, loved it. Nice. I have no intention of leaving the, leaving the area. So, nice. So, we mentioned a little before that we're going to be talking about home inspections. Can you kind of let our listeners know, uh, like, the home inspection process and kind of why people are doing it? Well, sure. Uh, home inspections have been a thing probably for probably about 40, maybe up to 50 years. It actually, the process actually started in California uh, with the intention to protect real estate agents and um, reduce their liability so they weren't just selling people lemons or, or saying something was what it wasn't. And so um, it's become a big thing over the past 20 years to become really popular. Almost everybody gets a home inspection for good reason. It's a uh, unbiased person walking through the property. Um, we don't care whether the house sells or whether it doesn't sell. We just want people to be aware of what, what they're buying. So we're the unbiased party in the, in the transaction. Um, and it reduces liabilities for the buyers, the sellers, and of course the agents. So awesome. what's your favorite story? What's your, uh, your home inspection story that you tell everybody that's, uh, either funny or horrific. <laughs> Yeah, maybe a horror story. Well, you, know, <laughs> you know, before the show, I, I figured to ask a question like that, and there's two <laughs> things that came to mind, Matt. And one of them you probably remember. Uh, oh, good. It was probably the first time I met you. You A oh, squirrel boy. had come out of, oh, yeah, out that's of right. uh, a furnace. <laughs> that was yeah, the best That's ever. why yeah. you're scarred when oh, you hear his name. No, I'm just kidding. Around the house. Yeah, was it? We were, yeah. uh, it came out of the, you took out the air filter, wasn't it? Yeah, something like that. I don't remember. Remove the air filter, and a squirrel came running out, and then it ran up a pole, and then got in the ductwork. So you didn't hear the end of the story. Then I had a a set live trap. A company came and set a live trap. A company came and set a live trap, and I drove over there like a couple weeks later and check on it, and I looked in the window. The squirrel was sitting on the windowsill inside the house looking out at me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it took forever to catch that squirrel. (laughs) They finally did catch it and get it out. Didn't know that there was an after story, did you? (laughs) <laughs> he figured there was something. Yeah. Well, that story jumps to mind, but one of the, one of the most memorable ones that I have uh, was from probably about a year ago when I was inspecting a house that was um, 
the people had bought it as a flip. They bought it in a fire auction uh, from the sheriffs. And so you'd expect a house like that to be as is condition, right? But anyways, these people had done all this work. They had made it look pretty nice on the inside. And in the basement, I was I was in the basement walking around, and I was looking at the insulation in the in the rim joist cavities, and I saw this tip of a uh, a little blue bag, and it ended up being a bank bag and had probably fifty grand in it. What? Wow. And I was the, I was the only person in this empty house. And the sellers weren't there, the buyers weren't there, and you just have this moment of what do I do? Am That's I gonna insane. Or should I just see my bag and walk out? <laughs> it's like a morality test right there. I know, right? Some, you were probably on some TV show, like hidden camera <laughs> yeah. TV show. They're like, what's he going to do? Dateline. The, the, the same show had that squirrel, too. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I remember chasing that squirrel around the basement with a, I think a broom or something, wasn't it? We were trying he to get he it to took a video the, of it, and I he was showing. I remember you showing yeah. your family, like, look at what happened today. You running from the squirrel. I can't believe that, though, like, to find a bag of money. Like, what do you even do at that point? Like, do you call the cops, or what do you do? Well, you know, <laughs> last, I, I told the agent that I was working, that it was, you know, the buyer's representative, because the sellers, the buyers weren't there either. So I was like, what do I do with this? You know, he's like, he got a hold of the listing agent, who happened to be a realtor, too. And, uh, I'm like, yeah, and they split it? I, I literally, I said, hey, can I get a, re, a, a finder's, finder's fee? fee. <laughs> so I actually took, took $2,000 of that. <laughs> nice. I gave it to some friends in Sun Prairie that are teachers. And I said, can you do something good with this? Because yeah. I have a feeling it was bad money. <laughs> yeah, right. That's good, though. Giving it to a teacher, that's a good way to go about it. I think if you're getting foreclosed on and you lose the house, that's the one thing you'd remember to get out of the house. <laughs> yeah, you'd think. It's funny. <laughs> Very Crazy. cool. Very and cool. That money's tied up in court someplace right now if, if they were honest yeah. about it. So yeah, who knows probably. what happened? I don't know. Huh, that's nuts. Interesting. Okay, so question for you then. Um, how long does an inspection typically last? Um, there's going to be some variables, obviously, depending on how big the property is and what condition the property is in. Uh, newer houses tend to take less time than course an old house with lots of issues um and also the size the bigger the house it's going to take longer obviously sure so instead of having one electric panel in a typical house you end up with three or four and that always adds to the adds to the time so <laughs> those kind of things sure. so about your three bedroom two yeah, and a half baths three, you know, three out, three typical days. inspections probably going to take two and a half to three hours yeah. okay how many do you try and do in a day well I, you know, I've done three in a day, and I don't like that. I honestly only try to do one or two. One's ideal for me, uh, especially with the kids having been home um, and their schedules and whatnot. So, but, yeah, it's not unusual to do two a day, especially in the spring. Although, like Katie said earlier, this has been kind of a weird spring. Yeah. <laughs> I've been busy and slow. Like, there's, yeah, there's, there's not enough inventory, obviously, so. Is there a lot of back? Is there a lot of work after you get done with the inspection? Is there a lot of, a lot of work after that? to do um well early on in my inspection career yes i've gotten to the point where i'm mostly writing my report most of it while i'm there of course i write narrative reports and so i'll go back and read through the whole report kind of skim over it just to make sure that i covered my bases and got everything i needed to say in there and, and i try to write grammatically correct so <laughs> i kind of edit as i go but 
Yeah. Yeah, I've, so I did most of it on site. Awesome. Yeah, I've noticed your reports usually have um, like quite a bit of information there and maybe even like who to contact um, next. Like say there's something that comes up that like maybe you're not a specialist in. Like I don't I don't know like if that's foundation or chimney or whatever that is, but I've noticed on your reports that it sometimes says like contact, you know, a chimney specialist or such and such. Um, what are some of those things that home inspectors don't necessarily, I guess, um, look at in a home inspection? Well, let's see. Well, it probably depends on the inspector um, <laughs> to some extent. Sure. Whereas I'll try to get the most attics, and a lot of inspectors um, will just, like, maybe poke their head up into the attic. And so at which point you may not see a lot of the attic if you're just putting your head in there or something like that. But um, as far as the inspection goes, we all cover pretty much the same stuff. We should be covering everything from the roof down uh, to the foundation and everything inside the house, the major mechanicals at least, um, basic electrical stuff and testing it. According to the state standards, you know, you should test a representative number of windows. Of course, depending on the inspector, that could be that could be testing two windows or testing every window, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I suppose. So it really depends on who you hire to do the job, but everybody should be looking at the basically the same stuff. I suppose this time of year you have, well, we're past that now, but you have snow on the roof and, you know, you have air conditioning units you can't really get at because it's too cold to run them. So I guess those are two things sure. depending on weather. Yeah, and the, yeah, you get those seasonal limitations. Um I actually, even this, even this winter and past several winters, I've realized that you can still see a lot of the roof it, on most days, unless it just snowed. Uh, snow tends to melt off the roofs pretty quick. Of course, you can't see everything. So, right. yeah, at which point we just say, hey, we couldn't see it all, you know. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, I think. Some... Sorry, Mark. I was going to say, this past fall, I remember we did a um, condo inspection, and I was sitting in my car at the bottom of the hill, and, like, Mark was, like, on a ladder that was, like, two or three floors up in this apartment building. <laughs> like, on top of, or, not, or this condo building, like, on top of the condo building. And I was just, like, looking straight up, like, oh, don't my God. Die. He's standing straight up like it's nothing. He's just like, I don't know how you guys do that. Close your yeah, eyes. Yeah, well, it's funny. I just recently got a, got a drone, and uh, so that, that'll change things. I won't be going up on high roofs like that. That's good. Yeah, <laughs> that's better for your health. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm getting older. <laughs> Some of the things that I remember, because when we first started in real estate, inspectors didn't have to be licensed. So people would just get, you know, Uncle Fred to walk through, and then there would be lots of arguments over, well, Uncle Fred thinks that's a defect, but like a real contractor who's a licensed person doesn't think it's a, a defect. Uh, now you guys all have to be licensed, correct? Correct. Yeah, as home inspectors, they are licensed. Yeah. What is the process to get become a like a home inspector? Well, it's you know it's not too hard to become one as long as you can pass a couple basically general tests for about home inspections. Mm -hmm. Obviously, this they, the Wisconsin does have some state standards that every home inspector should follow, so those tests are based on those standards. Um, of course, like I've, I've learned that it's a home inspector never quits learning because, um, for one, everybody builds things a different way. 
especially the older the house, you, you people get, see people get creative, and at which point it becomes really kind of an inspector's opinion whether something's maybe an issue or not. Um, but, yeah, you kind of have to be a generalist. So uh, you learn a lot as you go. And a lot of that just comes from experience, um, seeing things that didn't work maybe. And also I read a lot of um, installation manuals for all sorts of products, for all sorts of appliances. So kind of get a, an understanding of how things are so, supposed to be. What's You're the person that reads those. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, He's got a binder of manuals. And then we'll argue with the builder when the builder doesn't do it right. And, you know. <laughs> so. Nice. What is a typical big ticket item that you might find in a home inspection? Big ticket items could be anything from like a roof. A roof could be a big, big ticket item. A roof that's failing or that's just at the end of its useful life. That's my favorite line. Um, end of too. use of life could be, you know, it, it may have five years or left probably, you know, could be considered end of life uh, for a roof. So um, that's always a big one. Other things that can be big ticket items would be uh, maybe basement foundation walls that um, are bowing in or that are leaning or something like that where they support the whole structure. And so those become bigger deals than just like, you know, an air conditioner seems like a big deal, but not as big a deal as a foundation. So that's messed up. But any sort of mechanicals obviously become can be big big ticket items, um, costing you know a couple thousand or more for, for certain appliances. So that's good to know. Do inspectors usually look at um, like sheds and garages and other structures that are not um, like attached to the home, even though they're on the property, or do you guys not look at that? Um, that's going to depend on the inspector. I know a lot of inspectors, if, if you request that, they'll charge an extra fee. Some people just don't look at it all. Technically, it's not a component related to the home. Um, in Wisconsin, a detached garage is considered part of An inspector should be looking at a detached garage, as long as it's the garage that's used primarily for a car. But as far as sheds or outbuildings, it, it's going to depend on the inspector whether they look at them um, of no charge. Maybe they want to look at them for an extra 50 or 100 bucks. Um, I tend to look at them if, you know, if, if they look like they're part of the property, I'll inspect at least the electrical and general structure of the building. But usually they're just, they are what they are. They're a pole shed or a, <laughs> a place to store the, um, the trash or the, the lawn tractor or whatever it might be. So I suppose that depends on the buyer, whether they want you to check that or not. Exactly. That's a lot of it. Yeah. So I know um, when I was going on a lot of inspections, buyers would want to know costs of things. What do you do with that when people are just like, well, is that expensive? What is that going to do? I mean, I'm sure there's rules about what you can say or not say. Ask your realtor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you're right. It, everybody has a different uh, definition of what's expensive and what's not. So for one person, a ceiling fan that's not working, which, which might cost a couple hundred bucks for a ceiling fan and a couple hundred dollars more for somebody to install it or something like that. That can be a big ticket item for somebody else that, you know, they really don't care because they're going to change the light fixtures anyways. But, um, yeah, so I when somebody usually asks me if something's going to run, I kind of give an estimated range usually, um, what I think it would run. And uh, with COVID, I've tried to up that a little bit because I know with COVID, it seems like a lot of things have gone up in price. Um, related to housing and houses, so especially lumber. If you're building a house, watch out. Mm, <laughs> yeah, for sure. There's other inspections of involved in um, 
you know, home purchasing too. What do you know? I think there's, I think you, I'm assuming you do radon. Yes. Yeah. Radon is a big one in Wisconsin, uh, especially in Dane County area, because we are considered, uh, we're in the red zone. They call it a red zone, but your chance of having elevated levels of radon is higher in Dane County than some other place in Wisconsin. So yeah, radon testing. Uh, some people will test, you know, for, I don't do any of this. I just do the radon testing, but you could have other people test for um, lead-based paint or something like that if you're concerned about that. Maybe lead in your water. Again, that would be kind of a, a more rare thing. If you're buying a house that's uh, not on municipal water supply, you'd probably, I'm sure you'd have inspections done on the septic system and on the well water Um I'm sure anybody who watches the news is aware that Wisconsin's water is kind of precious commodity and a lot of times has some issues. So testing what kind of uh, things are going to be in that water is always important for people that are buying a house with a well. So if you see mold in an inspection, you just identify that it's there and just recommend that the buyer find somebody to test that or remediate? Correct. Mold, you know, we assume mold is mold. I mean, you'd have to test it to actually determine whether it's actually mold. But if it looks organic, I, I usually say it looks like mold or I call it mold. It's mold. Um, yeah. Discoloration. Mold mold. I think yeah. most of us could, could identify mold just by looking at it. If it had looks sporish, it's probably mold. So, but yeah, I tell people more to deal to, to deal with the, the cause of the mold. What's, why is the mold there? What caused it? And uh, what can we do about it? You can, you can have somebody go and test it and pay a fortune to know that it's a certain type of mold, but who really cares about that? Yeah. At the end of the day, you just want to get rid of the mold and be done with it and not have it reoccur. So um, mold always requires water, obviously, and so you have to figure out where that water is coming from, what's feeding the mold, what kind of organic material it might be growing on, but really water. If we can pinpoint where that water and moisture, humidity is coming from, then we can deal with the problem and, and the mold will, will deal with itself. So Yeah, that's a really good point. I think buyers, that's probably a question that you get a lot, right? Like, oh, there's mold, yeah. what do we do? Or yeah. People are scared of mold for Freak some reason. Um, it's like a pet. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of negative hype about mold, I think, out there. So, But like every house has mold somewhere. Every house has mold, yeah. Well, it's in the air, too. It's floating in the air. We are breathing it whether we want it or not. So especially different during certain times of year when the, the farmers are out there doing their fields. I mean, we're all breathing that dusty air. Some of that has mold in it. And I'm wearing a mask. Yeah, it's everywhere. Yeah. Well, thanks, it's guys. Like I'm going to have nightmares now <laughs> about mold everywhere I go. <laughs> mold. <sighs> anyway, okay, so mold's maybe not as big of a deal as what I've always thought in my whole life. All right, that's fine. What mm. questions should buyers be asking you at inspections? What are some of those things that you expect them to ask and you think maybe they should be asking? Well, I always like I always ask buyers what their concerns are because they could care less. I probably have to say on some things, but they want to know certain specifics. So I always encourage them to ask what they really want to know about. And then I always make an effort to show them the things that I feel like are important um, if they don't come up in their questions. So the basic things like where to shut the water off and those kind of things, where to change your furnace filter, and you know all those little things that most homeowners probably do but if you're new homeowner maybe new homeowner maybe you've never done it before so mm -hmm. um yeah what do you do with folks where they're really really focused on something and you're like well 
it looks okay, but they don't think it's okay, but you pretty much think it's okay, but they want you to indicate that it's not okay because to them it's not okay. This is the ultimate question wow. for yeah. realtors. <laughs> for real. Story, story problem. Well, that, that, do, that does occur. You know, some people get hyper, hyped up on one little small thing and they turn it into a mountain. Mm-hmm. And in some cases you're able to like play it down or make them realize that it's not. In some cases they're, they're, they don't care what you say. I've had that experience where they just don't care what I say. They think it's a problem, and so to them it's a problem. And they want you to put it in your report, and then what do you do? (laughs) In my report, I'm going to say this was was the issue. And I usually highlight things in my report. So um, I use a stoplight approach where I use yellow and red for, like, if it's highlighted in yellow, slow down. Something might need to be done. You might just need to watch it or observe something. If it's red, stop and fix it. And then I have generic comments that are in black. So a lot of times I might include that they made an issue. They, they noted this. So it's noted in the report, but I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to highlight something like that's not an issue in red or yellow. It might just be in, in the general body of my report. So, I mean, as far as that goes, it's really difficult to deal with people that get stuck on something, though, that can't get past it. And we all have issues. We've all probably done that at, something, at some point in our lives. So, What are some of those things that are coming to mind as you say that? Um, I've had people get worked up about stains on ceilings that are dry and, you know, the house has a new roof on it or something like that, but the stain is, there's there's a water stain on the ceiling and it's dry and they want to know why. And you're like, you try to explain to them, well, something got wet at some point now it's dry, you know, keep an eye on it if you're concerned, but there's, that's all we can do, you know? Yeah. But yeah, they keep coming back to this one stain. Like it's a, like it's a big deal, you know? But in reality, they could probably just get some primer and some paint and cover it up and, and keep an eye on it. So Yeah. I have a question for Jen and Matt. Oh, hmm. What is the craziest thing you've ever Squirrels. had to ask for on an inspection or had someone ask you for on an inspection? Squirrel remediation. Whether you were the buyer's agent or the listing agent. Get the squirrel it out of the like, house. It sounded like that was very necessary. <laughs> oh, the ones that we don't. Hmm. Crazy inspections. I can think of just an inspection that had a, a bizarre thing happen at it. Okay, that works. So, Mark, what would you do? <laughs> You're at an inspection. It is a foreclosure. It's back in the day when you could just turn on the water and do the test. But the previous owner decided to booby trap all of the water. So you're doing the inspection. You turn on the water, and then water starts spewing from Every place because the previous owner had like loosened every pipe. What do you no. do? Yeah, Run. that's awful. Because I was at one of those, <laughs> and it was turn it off, turn it off, turn off the water. <laughs> yeah, why? Why a seller would do that? I don't know. I they were mad at the bank. Mm-hmm. They did it to me. Like this is a newer house, like a couple of years old. And somebody disconnected something at the sinks when I ran the dishwasher. Oh, Water no. ran everywhere. Why would you do that to your own house? To your own house. But, yeah. That's the thing. It's your house. Yeah, I don't They're probably videotaping. That. They're like, watch this guy. See what he does. <laughs> yeah. So then, of course, I'm using their towels. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I remember years ago on in an inspection, we had a. It was a upstairs hot tub, and I think the GFCI was in the basement on the panel and there wasn't enough water to cover the jets and then when they went downstairs to trip the breaker they had it off 
and it was tripped or something, they pressed the button and reset it. Water was spraying all over the bathroom. Oh, because it wasn't over the jet. It wasn't so over the it top was of just the jets. like, woo, woo, yeah. woo. it was like a fountain. <laughs> that was also using the owner's towels to wipe that up. <laughs> okay, buyers that are listening, you've heard some crazy things about home inspections today. Usually it goes just fine, okay? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So apparently, like, we come back to water, water, apparently. So water must be a thing. I think st- I think the staining, staining comment that Mark made is pretty spot on. Mm-hmm. That's a, that does come up a lot. That's nothing that's an issue. What'd you say, Mark? But what did Matt say? I didn't catch him. Just that the water staining that your comment about water staining is something that I've, it comes across a lot, like past stains that aren't oh, well. there anymore. Yes. Yeah. Almost every house has a stain someplace <clears throat> that's dry. It's switch and, and stains. What about, uh, is it, what can you recommend for a seller to do to prepare for an inspection? Ooh, can I tell you what people think that they should do and see if it matters? <laughs> is this a game? Yeah, it's a game. Okay. So people think if they change their furnace filter and they like get all the dust off all their mechanicals, it's going to make you think that ta- they take better care of their property. Add salt to the softener. Yeah. Does that matter? Well, you know, maybe it says, maybe it does because you get a better impression. Of, first impressions make a di- big difference, right? So mm-hmm. having you, those things look it makes it look like you actually cared or that you actually took care of it, even if you hadn't filled the salt and the water softener for the past five years, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, it's good so that we tell people that to impression. do that? <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure selling agents would tell their, uh, mm-hmm. their uh, listing people to do that. I would if I was an agent. If first impressions make a difference, I'm going to ha- have a big welcome mark sign made for all the listings you do inspections. On. <laughs> welcome mark. <laughs> hey, all right. Where's Mark? Oh, he's on the roof. There's a special <laughs> fountain for you up in the master bath. Oh. <laughs> it gets high marks. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So you've got that. And then I've also heard that inspectors really like it when people make sure that there's not a whole bunch of stuff around the foundation so that you can see it and that you have access to the scuttle hole for the attic. Yeah, that would be a good recommendation. That's something a lot of times that doesn't get done. Um, Then it's either me moving people's stuff if I feel like it or... Or there's stuff getting dumped on, right? <laughs> dumped on, I mean, the insulation that's sitting up there that you don't don't suspect to be there is going to be there, and it's going to fall down on people's clothes. So, mm-hmm. yeah, move their stuff out of the way. Yeah. Or when people have a car in the middle of their garage, and you have to, and like the scuttles in the middle of the garage, and you're like, how do I get up there? There's a car there. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you can't then. Mm-hmm. It's like sorry. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> I can't do that. It brings up a good point. Like every inspection is going to have some limitations where the inspector is just not going to be able to see certain things that maybe in another day they could have. So um, I've actually gone back to inspections to re-inspect something, and you, you realize you missed something or, you know, something happened or it just looks different, different lighting in a room, and you see something you didn't see before. So I always tell people, hey, you get – an inspector's at a house for, what, two and a half or three hours, and then uh, they leave, but you might get a different inspection on a different day at a different time of day just because the lighting's different or something like that. So the people tell people there's to be observant when they buy a house. It's going to be their property to take care of, so pay attention to things. So. Do people ever have you go back to check um, after the inspection? So you have the inspection, you find something, the owner 
has it repaired? Do buyers ever have you go back and recheck it? Um, yeah, that does happen. Not a lot, but semi-regularly. I do probably five or six reinspections a year. Uh, where people maybe the maybe the seller wanted to do the repairs themselves, and so then I'll go back and double check their work to just see that you know to make sure it was done in an acceptable fashion. That's usually when I go back. A, a lot of times people have a professional do the repairs if there are any to be done, and w- at which point they would have receipts to sure. to show the errors. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, it was great to chat with you. Learned learned a lot. Now I I want to find uh, that squirrel video. <laughs> we'll have to like add that on to the end of the podcast or oh, something so I that can people can uh, see the magic in action. It's been a while. I'm not sure if it's even on our phone anymore. How long ago was that, Mark? Yeah, it's got to be was several years ago. Yeah, but yeah. we yeah. we have our Apple pictures and videos. So this might have been pre that though. That's got to be how many years do you think, Mark? I I can remember that house. It was a Cape Cod yeah, over by Shank School. Yeah, on the east side, yeah. <laughs> Six or seven, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. It was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I'll I might s- actually have a picture of no. Mark on the roof too. Oh, so I'll, I'll let you know. Mark on the roof. Mark on the roof. Mark, if I have it. All right. Well, very good. So uh, thanks for joining us. If you want to yeah. go ahead and. Uh, hop off you are um good to mark's been hanging on to his camera so you can you can put it down now rest your hands <laughs> rest your arm hey mark do you have your uh, why don't you tell everybody your contact information quick and then if how they need to get yeah, a review yeah. and schedule an inspection yeah the best way to inspect and to schedule is to go to our website at capitalcityinspections.com that's capital with an a but yeah just cool. go there click schedule now really convenient simple way to to uh to do that so awesome now i gotta go back yeah. and find that squirrel video <laughs> yep i'm yeah, excited i totally forgot talk about to you guys too so yeah thanks mark thanks mark okay. good afternoon all right thanks see yep see ya see you at our next inspection all right <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny that he brought up that squirrel oh, I totally thing. I forgot about that. I gotta, now i got to look it up and find it. What do you say? Five or six years ago? Yeah, I, s- well, I swear we still have to have that squirrel video. Because, I mean, oh, this yeah. squirrel, we we had to have a company come in, and literally the squirrel would sit in the window when you'd pull up and be like, hey. I would yeah. die I if see a squirrel you. was sitting in the window like. Yeah, it was just sitting there looking at me. So <laughs> yeah. I, because my truck was, my, the uh, window for my truck was about even with the window of the house. So I just turned like this, and it would just look at me. Like, what's up yeah. now, humans? Yeah. You, yeah. smarter now. Yeah. Who's in the yeah. house and who's outside? <laughs> it's like, but you're stuck in the house. Squirrel, yeah. we're going to let you out. It was crazy. He literally you don't have anything would, to eat. As he took the filter out of the furnace, the squirrel ran out and around. There. So it was Mark, myself, and then the two buyers. And it just ran, like, all around us. And then Mark, one of us tried to get it, you know, got it, tried to get it back There's up video the of all of them going, get it, get it, go, go, go. <laughs> The squirrel got past us and went up the support beam for the house. Yeah. And they got in some little opening in a duct. And you could hear it just running up and down the duct work. Yeah, I think there might have been some swear words in that video, too. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> from the squirrel, of course. <laughs> yeah, the squirrel is funny, yes. <laughs> oh, all right. So that was good stuff. Um, I know uh, we had an article that we were kind of talking about a little earlier the um, eight tips for home buyers to triumph in 2021, the ultra competitive real estate market. So I thought maybe we could go over some of those things and give our opinions. Do you think those things work? Are there other things we should be doing? So number one, 
start with your strongest offer. What do you think? I think that that would be great if um, buyers did that. But I think in our market, the strongest offer might be, you know, 30 grand over, no appraisal, no inspection. So, like, that is hard for first-time buyers to hit on the first offer. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, we can tell them all day long, like, listen, I'm just preparing you for this market. This is what we're working with. Um, But sometimes, not all the time, sometimes you get buyers that are just gung-ho and ready to go. But I think um, every now and then you do get buyers who are like, well, let's just try this. Like, I'm nervous. Yeah, one of the things that I like to make sure that buyers understand is you're not going to get a counteroffer. Because I think a lot of people think, well, they'll just counter me. And it's like, no, in this market, you don't get a counter. I haven't even gotten a multiple counter yet this year. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just not happening. I've, I've been seeing some. Have you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah. that's good. <laughs> yep. It reassures you a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've definitely been seeing some, but it's um, usually when you're seeing a multiple counter, there's a little something, something on each offer, and they're just trying to leverage to, you know, make the supreme mm-hmm. super offer for the seller. Sure. So, but I do know, um, as just from being behind the scenes a lot, if you're in a competitive situation and there's like 20 offers on the table and you as the realtor, you're not hearing anything from that listing agent, that probably means your offer is not in the running. Right. So it's kind of like at that point when we go back to our clients and say, hey, I should have likely heard something by now. So if you guys want to tweak your offer, that that's actually a pretty real thing. I have something that kind of a question that goes along with that for you guys. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, a lot of times we're seeing in listings, they're, um, collecting offers throughout the weekend and then they're going over offers on Monday or Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Um, now with that, does it make more sense to be the first offer on the table and Mm -hmm. get your offer in Friday evening? Or does it make more sense to wait it out throughout the weekend, see what other offers come in and then put your offer in towards the last minute? What's the difference? Well, what right. I, yeah, well, what I would say is for, um, it's the seller's prerogative if they actually want to wait. That's the catch. So that's right. the yeah. catch. So the seller could be like, yeah, I know I told y'all I'm going to wait till Monday, but I got the most fantastic offer ever. And if you haven't gotten your offer in, then you're not even going to get a chance. A chance to, uh-huh. So my theory is just go ahead, put in your offer and get it in as quick as you can. Yeah. Just so that you're at least in the mix. Right, right. No, that makes sense. I think I've heard the opposite argument that mm-hmm. says just like, oh, but you want to know how many offers there are on but the table. But who cares? Just put your best <laughs> offer out there. Forward. Yeah. yeah, especially in I this mean, market. Yeah, figure there's going to be multiple offers. Come in with, you know, the highest and best that you're comfortable with. And, you know, that's all you can do. Right. Because, yeah. I, I think some people think that agents will be like, oh, yeah, somebody offered this, so, you know, you should offer more. We have a code of ethics. Realtors, you know, shouldn't be doing things like that. Right. So hopefully that isn't happening. Yeah. All right, our next thing is, what do you think of people writing personal letters, like love letters or videos about themselves? Are those working? Do we like those? What do we think? I think that they do work. Um, 
Now, when there's two offers on the table and one of them is substantially better than the other, doesn't matter. Then it's not going to matter what that letter says. Except for you had somebody take an offer like a few thousand dollars less because they love the love letter and they love they the did. people. It does happen. It does happen every now and then. Um, I had it too. It really does. It does work. Like put in those videos. I've had somebody actually. Yeah, that's true. And it was just because they bonded like on the gaming thing. Like they were both gamers and they, um, it just like hit, hit every the single seller one of wants, their things. The seller wants to like the buyer. Sometimes. And if somebody's going to, you know, love and care yeah. for their house, like mm -hmm. I'm a super gardener and you're a super gardener. So nobody's, you know, you're going to make yeah. sure my plants don't die. This you know? was last year. Yeah. It was unbelievable because it was like a few thousand dollars. It wasn't just a couple hundred. I, I know mean, you it were was, like, it's a lot of money. I was like, I'll take additional commission. <laughs> <laughs> Send it my way. No. Oh, yeah. But, funny. oh, but also I was going to say, you know, what is in the offer is always going to be more important, mm -hmm. but, and the pre-approval letter, of course, but it does work. I actually, um, last year I had some of my buyers do a video and unfortunately, so they, they knew the lady that oh. was one of their customers at work and they did like a personal video, like called her by name, like said, we love serving you. Like, you know, it was just so personal. It was like perfect. And then she chose another offer and they were <laughs> heartbroken. But I could see that being, you know, going a step up in a lot of um, different ways, putting in that video or that letter and, and make yourself known. There you have are come across yeah. realtors, though, that will not send over the love letters. Yeah, they specifically, yeah. some are putting in the multiple listing service, no love letters. If they're going to be like that, I hope that they do put it in the MLS. Like, please do us all a favor. If you're going to do that, let us know <laughs> so we're not wasting time. Mm -hmm. Yep, for sure. All right, so number three kind of goes along with what we were talking about before, waiving the home inspection. We're thinking, I mean, we have, I know Stark has done some stats and things, and it, there are a lot more people this day and age waiving the home inspection because they want a better chance to get their offer accepted. It's a little scary. Mm -hmm. yeah. There are our home warranties. We talked to the home warranty company a few weeks ago, so you can protect people like that. But when you're talking to somebody and you're kind of going through the pros and cons of that, what are you telling them? Right. Um, you know, a home inspection generally costs, I would say, around $400 or so. Mm -hmm. So it really depends on the house, too. Like, if we're going into a house that was maybe built in the early 1900s or something like that, then maybe that would be one that would need an inspection, or depending on the buyer, of course, mm -hmm. um, with, like, some forgiveness there that says, hey, like, we understand we want to have the home inspection, but we're not going to ask you the sellers to fix anything under two thousand or three thousand dollars or something like that, or however much they want yeah, to go. Yeah, not going to nickel and dime. Exactly, exactly. Um, so that, but then of course, like if you see a house that's built in twenty fifteen, and you walk through it and you don't see any problems, like maybe you're better off spending that four hundred dollars on the home warranty toward the home warranty, like you talked about, and not having that home inspection. What about having a home inspection after the closing? just for their peace of mind. Yeah, I think that that's, that's always an option. They always can. Um, it's it's just spending that money. The, yeah. Not part of the negotiations, then it's just an option after the fact. Right, just so they know what's on their to-do list. Yeah, right. Yep. Could be an idea. If it's just for peace of mind mm -hmm. and not being mad at you for not having them do one up front. Yep. Yeah. Um, what about waiving the appraisal? 
or uh, having appraisal forgiveness. So what appraisal forgiveness is, is when the um, buyer agrees to make up the difference if an appraisal comes in short. So sometimes people are bringing twenty, thirty thousand dollars to closing to make up the difference for what something appraised for, for what they're willing to pay or wanting what they have to pay for it to get it. So, so with me, with my buyers, what I'm doing is letting them know that that's that that's probably going to be something that we're going to have to talk about. If we're writing over asking price, that's something that we're going to have to talk about. But what I try to do is, um, you know, do a CMA, do a comparable, run a, you know, a list of comparables that have sold in the last six months or so and give them an idea of what I think the property will appraise for so that they can be aware of what appraisal might come back at. Mm-hmm. So if it's, you know, there's been times where appraisal will just come back a few thousand short or something like that, and, and that would be understandable. I want to be within that five grand. I don't want to tell them, you know, oh, it's going to appraise at 380, and then it comes back at 360, and we're in a whole bucket of issues. <laughs> whole mm-hmm. bucket of nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, from the listing agent perspective, when we get a bunch of offers and you have one that says, yes, it's 300,000, but you're listed at... 280 and there's no appraisal coverage I'm letting my client know that this offer isn't really real unless the appraisal comes through so maybe we should look at this other one that's 290 but everything's covered Mm -hmm. because this is real and it's more guaranteed but some people are risk takers and they're like I think it's going to appraise let's do it and other people are like give me the safe bet show me the money Mm -hmm. so right show me the money (laughs) All right, next. Cash is king. <laughs> so show me the money. Yeah, are you? Uh, how are you seeing people reacting with cash? More cash buyers, people borrowing money from mom, or people doing equity loans in their house to try and just get in as cash? Yeah, I have seen some of that, especially like my opposers out there. <laughs> I know that there's no offers beating mine unless they're cash. Okay, guys? No offense. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're throwing down, y'all. <laughs> It's yeah, amazing so. how many cash offers there are, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really is. It is crazy. From? And cash is king, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, at closing, when the seller gets their check, it's the same amount. The same amount. Yep. So it's mm-hmm. just, you know, it's not just cash. It's looking at what the buyer has to bring to the table. Yeah, if it's 20000 light and it's cash, probably, <laughs> probably doesn't not. matter. Right. Right. So it's like cash is king, but you, yeah. If they can get 20000 more, they're going to go for the mortgage every right. day. Right. Yeah, for sure. All right, next, be flexible on closing date. Yes. Yeah, yeah Matt, go ahead. Yes, be flexible. Okay, and Matt, why don't, you, why don't you say a little something-something <laughs> on this one? You've been awfully quiet. I'm just listening to you guys. I'm enjoying my <laughs> so, conversation. So I think the you just had this, didn't you, with the closing date? I like always you're giving have this. Post, post-closing occupancy and... Yes. Yeah. Working with the seller to find out what they really want. That's what I mean. Right now, that's what we need to do. Because I mean, back when it was more of a buyer's market, it was like a fight to the death to, you know, school's out. I want to close this day. Well, I don't care. My lease is up. I want to close this day, blah, blah, blah. And now it's just like, seller, what do you want? We will do that. We will give you 60 days post occupancy and our firstborn. Take it. (laughs) Right. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I think right now, we are just, in a way, catering to the seller. So, seller, what do you want? Yep. 
What what oh, time would you like? What day would you like? Do you want to still leave it opened yes. so you can decide later? You know, it's like yeah. pretty hardcore like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. So on this article, it's talking about hiring an attorney. In Wisconsin, we don't really do too much with attorneys. Our title companies are owned by attorneys. So that's usually where the attorney piece comes in. If a client wants to have an attorney, that's no problem. But it tends to not be normal in our market. And number eight says use home team for you who knows the, <laughs> the neighborhood and schools. Yes, use an agent that knows neighborhood schools and key players. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. what he said. What he said, yep. Hometeamforyou.com. Yeah, so a lot of this article is pretty spot on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anything else that we can think of that we could share, like our number nine or our number 10? I think sometimes the actual lender who who it is might make a difference to the listing agent. Yes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. absolutely. Somebody they may know and trust. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, and being the agent that they know and trust too. Um, I think that your reputation in the industry is huge. Like, don't burn your bridges. You're going to have to work with these people in the future. It's it's very important. That's that why is we get very, so many accepted important. offers, Katie. Everybody mm-hmm. likes oh, really? This. Yes, yeah. that's they're awesome. like, they're it's like not this. Katie, it's Matt and Jenna. Yes, <laughs> yep. They write a Jacob. love letter to you. And that's right. Jacob's <laughs> yeah. rolling his eyes behind the camera. Yeah, Jacob. I, I know, <laughs> my eyes are rolling write. too. You just can't see it. You probably don't write <laughs> offers on Fridays. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wednesdays are much better. Uh-huh. Yeah, you stinkers. The, um, <laughs> stinkers. But I, I would say for like a number 10 is be willing to think out of the box and look at each individual situation and think about as a buyer, what the seller would really like and uh, how, you can, how you can do that. So whether it's if you're going to cover their taxes for 2021 or uh, be able to let them take something that they really wanted or whatever it is, just thinking out of the box. So Because if you can have one little thing that's a little bit different and there's five offers and they're all basically the same, but yours has that little thing that's going to hit their heartstring, you win. Absolutely. So. Yep. Or it could just be cash. Cash, high cash, pulling the heartstrings out will win right. too. Heart cash. Heart cash. What do you do, Matt? It's all about the money. Show me the what is it, How's it go, Jenna? <laughs> Show me the money. <laughs> so, Matt, if you were selling, so, okay, this is just an example. If you mm-hmm. owned your home for 50 years mm-hmm. and you, you know, have put a lot of love into your home, raised the kids in there. Okay. Um, all the memories. <laughs> when you have 15 offers on the table and you know that one of them isn't a, a uh, flipper, or not a flipper, but a um, investor. Investor, thank you. Brain isn't working this Friday. Um, what would you be prone to take that offer because it's cash and it's an investor and with no inspection? Or would you be. Come on, really? You're going to ask me another question? Another. Uh, so that's your answer. <laughs> yeah, easy and, ca- so and uh, are you, guaranteed. Are you like pooping on first-time home buyers right now? Why am I pooping on them? <laughs> because you're not, you're not taking so their offer into easy, account. So easy and guaranteed. That's what I want. Every so seller, don't write Matt a letter, guys. Yeah. <laughs> you can well, write me a letter. Every seller has a, has a hot button. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And we were, a long time ago, when we sold our one of our houses in Sun Prairie, it, there was competition. I mean, it was a long time ago, but there was competition. And where we saw the people, we didn't, we didn't have any of the buyers, but l- years later, we met some people, and they said, yeah, 
we wrote an offer on your house. We didn't get it. We were like, Ooh, the oh, the grudge. Yeah, like they remembered and we never knew them, but they knew <laughs> us. So we're like, oh, so I mean, in this industry, you do have to be careful. So yes, yep. Katie, easy and no hassles. Yeah, I so should have known have to, that. If I don't have to deal with any inspection stuff, I don't have to worry about yeah. the closing. It's going to close on time. When I select, it's going to close. Can yeah. you guys think and like just in the future, one day when we find <laughs> one day <laughs> when we finally get to like a more balanced market, it's going to be crazy. The things we're seeing, it's going to be another world. The hardest part is going to be sellers realizing they're not getting 50,000 over asking. Yeah. That's yeah. going to be the hardest part and getting mm-hmm. actually asking price or right at it. 98%. Because in the past, it's been like 98% was kind of our average. So if we get back to that 98% of list uh, sale price, that might be a little bit of an adjustment for sellers. I know it's kind of crazy because when I'm teaching and I'm in training, I'm like, okay, now let's talk about this scenario if it was a buyer's market. Because I mean, when we were coming up in real estate, it totally was a buyer's market. So, I mean, we were doing things totally different. different. I can imagine. I mean, there was reverse subject to sale clauses for buyers. They would put two offers on different properties and then they would say seller, you know, you give me the best terms and then I'll pick which house I want. If you did that now, the seller would be like, ha, 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 bye-bye. Wow, I can't even imagine that happening. It happened to us. And we were like, what's this person doing? We're like, oh, they're genius. Okay. Mm-hmm. All the things. But, yeah, very good. Well, I think we got through those. So that, I mean, good tips for people. Good stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. All right. Well, I think we're going to be wrapping it up here. So thanks again for joining us. Hope you enjoyed uh, learning about inspectors and some tips and tricks for the market. And thanks, Katie, for joining us. Thank you, guys. Katie. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of It's Going to Be Great. If you're looking to buy or sell real estate in South Central Wisconsin, hit up Home Team for you. Home Team, the number four, the letter U, dot com. All right. See you guys on the next one. Bye. Bye.